This is a Her Camera podcast brought to you by Newcast. Hello and welcome to The Canberrans, a show and a podcast proudly made in Canberra, about Canberra and put together by the teams at Newcast and Her Canberra and shot here in the Lonsdale Street studios. Um, today, my guest is Dave Caffrey, who wears many hats. Welcome, Dave. Hey, Emma. Thanks. You are... You're a cultural philosopher, you're the Dionysus director, you're the Art Not Apart Festival producer, you are music ACT president, and you're also the cultural events guru for the whole of New Acton. Needs more heads for the hats at the moment, but that's okay. We're having a lot of fun. We've also got the big pink truck called the Soul Defender, and I'm on the board of Australian Dance Party as well, which is really fun. I just couldn't even fit that in, but um, yes, many, many hats. Um, I wanted to jump straight into Nietzsche. Who said that Dionysian art wishes to convince us of the eternal joy of existence. Now, you've named your company that. Are you a joyful person? So much so. Yeah, Yeah, I think the passion has got to be worn on the sleeve. Um, uh, Nietzsche's a great place to start, but we can make it easy as well. Uh, One of the big touchstones for that philosophy that we now practice throughout the city in lots of different ways is his culture connects our interior emotions and how we feel and what we're thinking, which is so much more interior during COVID, right? We're all literally internal. Uh, It connects with the exterior. So the architecture, the way we exist, the way we talk about each other, the um, the politeness or not, um, and and whether or not we're living the life on the ex- outside that we feel like we want to be living on the inside. Mm. And to me, that's that's all culture is. And so when we talk about practicing culture or um, uh, my organisation says we do cultural development, it's about making those uh, a bridge between how we feel and how we think as Canberra and then what Canberra looks like. Yeah. How did um, an ANU student and an underground DJ aspire to such sort of lofty goals? Because you're looking big picture, aren't you? Well, we are now. We'd never started to do that. We literally just started a party society at uni and then suddenly lots of people it's started coming to as good a place as any to start. <laughs> yeah, it was the fun one. Yeah. Um, but through that, there was so much raw people. You know, there was the raw art, there was the, the DJs. We also did a lot of visual art and exhibitions. And, and then we saw how much people wanted to come to those sorts of events. And, and fast forward now, I think 11 or 12 years we've been doing it, um, we're still seeing it on a bigger scale that a lot of people want to come, a lot of people want to express themselves, a lot of people want to see Canberra in a new light as well. What sort of events do you actually put on? What could someone expect? Great. So right now we're delivering 90 small-scale small concerts in the city. Um, that's wearing our city place manager hat for the OCT government. Um, so that's a chance to put on a lot of musicians who have lost employment over COVID. Um, and also to add a bit of soul to the city. You know, we, we, we need the sounds. I think music is such a wonderful way to listen to how people feel. And, mm. and it's really smooth. It can be done in a thousand ways that are appropriate to you. And so we, we're choosing to do, say, funk and soul on Fridays. We're also doing classical music on Tuesdays and multicultural music on Mondays. Um, alternatively, we also do a Sound and Fury, which is a performance art party. And I, a Dionysian art, to, to use the reference that you had before, is 
is often the art when you get a little bit lost in the world. Uh, Nietzsche says you can do it through intoxication with creativity. So when you get lost in amazing artwork, you can do it intoxication other ways. You can also do it um, when you're deeply in love. So when you just care, your whole being connects to the other person, that's Dionysian. It's it's losing the facade, losing the um, the sculpture of Apollo, to mm. use Nietzsche's term. Yeah. It's the direct connection. Letting yourself go with the madness. Isn't it great? Yeah. I like to do Something that. Canberra doesn't do enough, I think. No, you know, we need no. to let go a bit. Like, yeah. fashion's a really interesting cultural practice. And I think people are a bit boring about how they dress, you know. I want to see yeah. more velvets. Yeah. <laughs> people won't be able to see that you've got a beautiful electric blue and burgundy uh, velvet uh, jacket on. Thanks. So Austin Powers is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, clearly you're passionate about music, but if you're really honest, is Canberra a good city for musicians? It will be amazing. Um, Melbourne used to be the best. I mean, we yeah. have got a new Melbourne ahead of us and I think you're going to see the opposite of what happened in the last 10, 15, 30, 50 years, which is musicians leaving to Melbourne. We're seeing a lot of them come back now and I'm, I'm already working with a lot of them that are, have already come back. Um, as long as we get more space for our musicians to play and for fans to connect with them, I think we'll have a really mm-hmm. vibrant music industry in the next five or so years. Um, uh, coming back out of COVID. I think the event scene was really healthy and there was heaps of underground and um, commercial events that were able to you were able to put on so many different musicians in that in that sphere, but there was a lack of music venues. There's yeah. been a lack of music venues for, um, well, the government have known about it for 12 years and uh, there's been report after report about how this very simple issue is happening. We want to now have a mixed-use city. It used to be this commercial over there and residential over there and industrial over there. That was the planning domain. And now the government want to bring everything into the city, which is great. I mean, New Acton was the first example of a proper mixed-use precinct in the inner north. And we had sound problems straight away. There was jazz bands that I was putting on um, that were getting shut down because someone didn't like the sound on their balcony, not even behind closed windows, right, on their balcony. And so now what's happening is that hotels and apartments are being approved in the city. Lonsdale Street's done. Like It's going to be a quiet space for forever now. That's fine. You know, we, people have got to be able to sleep. People need their privacy. I, I like it quiet when I sleep as well. Um, but we haven't developed the city yet. So this is a great opportunity to put in what's called an entertainment area um, or a precinct. Fortitude Valley in Brisbane is a good example, but there's other examples around the world. And that's where people know when they move in that it's going to be a little bit more noisy and you've got to close the windows. The windows also have to be really well made. So the doors have got to have the grommets on them and then you can have uh, co-location of music venues and residential. The thing is, though, if we were living in a busy European city, we'd actually quite appreciate, you know, the sounds of the street coming up and the music and the liveliness. Um, Does the sort of inner conservatism of Canberra and that complaint culture, does that just do your head in? I think people complain all over the world, to be fair. It's just that what we've seen is more complaints than we have bands being played in the middle of the streets. We're not famous for bands playing in the streets at the moment. Um, No wonder. Yeah, because they get shut down. I mean, I I just don't think that we've had an opportunity to see the city unravel yet. Uh, We're young. We're 100 years young. Mm. and We've got so much growth to do, and we're doing it right now. You know, the the people that you're interviewing in this show, amongst many others, are are fantastic future beacons for what Canberra is going to look like. Mm. Uh, But we need to create physical space and regulatory space for musicians and artists and cultural practitioners to do what they do. Yeah. Now, um, in terms of 
um, dedicated music venues, uh, we've lost those small, fabulous little places that were more lively in the 80s and 90s than, you know, well, they're not alive today. I've heard great um, stories about Heaven Nightclub, by the way. Oh, that was one of my <laughs> faves, one of my absolute faves. Um, and we don't have those medium-sized places. We've got sort of some large ones, although I dare say that a concert at the AIS is hardly the most inspiring um, of concerts, no matter who's playing. I just, yeah. it's my personal When opinion. Santana played at the um, at the convention centre, my heart sank because I thought he's going to walk in. He's been in the best venues in the world. Santana, of all musicians, is he going to come back after seeing that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. At least he came. What I was going to say is um, one of my um, sort of great passions is we don't have a convention centre or a big gold um, standard um, stadium that will ever get the Rolling Stones to Canberra. Mm. Of all of those competing priorities, what's most sort of pressing, do you think? Yeah, e easily the mid mid-sized live music okay. venues. That is yeah. the no-brainer point because what's happening for Canberran musicians is that they they start in house concerts and then they step up to small venues like Smiths, uh, which are really important gateways mm. for for these musicians. And then they get to a point, um, and Safia did this, and so did Hands Like Houses. And there's no next yeah. layer. But you got the basement now. Luckily, they have, have opened up to I think a six or seven hundred person capacity. So that that's been a really important step. But that's it's only one venue and it's of got a pinballs. Yeah, they've got that's pinballs really and, and pool tables. Yeah, love them. But we don't have a diversity of venues. We certainly don't have anything in the city that can cater for that. Yeah. The other reason that's really important is when you get touring artists, um, you know, they do the national circuit, they may be international or they may be Australian, doesn't matter. They are looking for great venues to play that require at least a 400-person ticket yeah. sale. Otherwise, they're not going to come. Right? Yeah. So we're getting a lot of artists that aren't coming. One nice benefit of that is that some of the artists are going into smaller venues like Smith's when they would usually pay a two, 300-person room. So you get a really intimate experience. However, I think a lot of them are not coming because mm. we don't have the, the financial ability to show them off. How did, how did this fall off the bandwagon when if you are a new restaurant, a new bar, a new cafe in Canberra, I mean, the, the explosion in, in that side of our cultural, um, you know, um, It was a renaissance, wealth. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really was. And yet music. Um, which is important to so many in a city that is so cultural, you know, Canberra. Mm. How do you think, where did we get to this space? Because it's just been a very, very strong um, attrition. There's been a great amount of um, energy in starting new bars and restaurants. And um, I remember I was trying to start a music venue uh, when uh, Nick from Bar Rockford was trying to start a bar. Who, who knew how good that would actually become? Mm. Uh, and we ran into so many regulatory problems when he actually was able to follow a pathway that the government had moved away, moved a road um, in a way that it could happen. In a heritage listed building. Beautiful, isn't it? And he has some sound complaints, but, um, th but he's not primarily a music venue. We're, we were looking at options as a music venue and we've worked with a lot of people since to try and start some. And there's just no way you can do it. You can reliably invest half a million, a million plus dollars yeah. to have a great venue that can cater for all these requirements. Because someone said it to me, well, um, a few years ago, you can either start a bar or you can start a music venue and lose money compared to the bar. 
Yeah. That's unfortunately the financial reality. There's still so many people that are passionate that will do it, and it's not about the money, but it's hard already for a music venue versus bar. And then when you add the sound complaints and the possibility that a hotel or apartment could open next to you and shut you down, of course, we're not seeing new venues open. So what sort of, um, in terms of marking out new cultural areas, what sort of regulations do we need to be looking at? Simply that in some areas of the ACT, what I would call entertainment areas, you would have different sound laws. So you'd measure the sound. You still measure it, but you set, measure it behind the closed window rather than on the balcony. So in New Acton, we had this old bloke yeah. wanted to have peace and quiet on a fi five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. That moved into New Acton. Yeah, sure. And that's going to happen. You know, you're always going to get some some people that don't don't agree. And I'm not trying to change everyone's mm -hmm. mind. We just need to allow the cultural industries to exist. And so what he did was uh, measure the sound over the balustrade of the balcony. Of course, the saxophones came straight up. Went over 55 dBA. Yeah. I'm talking at about 65 at the moment, by the way. Yeah. And and he called the EPA, and then that's has triggered a series of um, of blockages. Yeah. And so now we are saying, if if we want to see uh, the co-location of music venues and residences in the city, let's define an area. Let's have different building codes for that area, and let's tell everyone before they move in, and let's do it before they move in. How do summonets get around the noise um, police? Uh, they use most of the sound credits for Epic. So you'll, you'll see it's very hard for a new festival to come into Epic now because there's only so, so many credits that Epic can use. Um, there's been a huge amount of development up towards there. So I think mm -hmm. when Summon Arts was younger, it wasn't a big issue. Now it's obviously an issue because people complain about it all the time. That's a different type of noise and I would suggest it's a lot louder than what we're talking about in, in say, putting in Grima Place. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they definitely have issues. If you were Chief Minister for a day, what is the um, one piece of le legislation that you'd ram through? The Only one? Only one. Oh, you got to choose. That's a tough one. I think it would be to give the cultural expression of Canberra a real good chance. Just let it go. Open up the floodgates for a minute. Consult well. Define an area and Let blast it, it. Yeah. because I think it would change the, the reputation of the city, particularly the inner city, immediately, because there's so many people that want to do things, but they're just quite yeah. hamstrung at the moment. Yeah. The Canberrans video series and podcast is produced at the Lonsdale Street Studio, Canberra's only dedicated studio space for video production, photography and podcasting. Bookings are available online at lonsdalestreetstudio.com or by calling 6171 4144. Talk about New Acton, which um, her Canberra has recently moved back there, and gosh, we it's love having you back. Just, oh, it's just joyful and aesthetically exciting, and it's just got this great vibe. I mean, even in in the current sort of COVID. Um, it's a lot quieter at the moment, yeah, unfortunately, but, but it's still beautiful. It's, it's yeah. a, I think it demonstrates that if you get the design right, if there's no one in there, it's still sublime. Yeah. But when it's, when it's bustling, you know, when Art Not Apart Festival's on, it just yeah. feels explosive. Yeah. Um, why 
How has it changed Canberra? Why was it a success? And if you could go back with some hindsight, is there anything you would have done differently or you would have uh, advised the developers, the the Malonglo, you would have advised the developers, the Malonglo group to approach differently? Yeah, the one big thing, not to belabor the point we've been making, but we have learned and developers in order and Northbourne Corridor now will probably look at what happened in New Acton and say, I'm not going to put a stage or a cultural area, a gathering area near apartment buildings. So they're probably going to invert it. Um, For example, a very easy trick, um, what sounds easy in retrospect, is that the the cultural stage area, what we call the Eastern Courtyard, should be on the other side of, of Morning Glory. Yeah, and yeah. then it would be away a little bit from the yeah. residences. Um, that that's a small lesson that we did learn. The other one that Malonglo are now implementing into their new precinct called Derry Road, where Capital Brewing is, is that we put the activity in first, and you get the trade happening the way it should, and then you add the residences so people know what to expect. Yeah, because yeah. we got some some rich old white boring people that bought in as soon as the first apartments were available, mm. and they are. Still Still a problem. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand. You know, why don't they live anywhere else? And and it, even the ministers have said this to me. So what, what are they complaining about jazz and music for in a in a mixed use precinct? Um, I think that's the biggest lesson we could get. So if we're going to change something in the future, let's let's make sure that when we are encouraging and the government are demanding mixed use precincts, Braddon Place just got sold for some huge number of dollars just on the other side of Hague Park. And they're going to have exactly the same problem. So if we're going to enforce mixed use precincts, Mm. let's allow culture to exist. Otherwise, we're talking about silencing the city. And and if we don't get it right, they're also going to build the bricks and mortar in a way where you can't have an active culture. How do you get um, a developer who's got many competing interests, um, you know, financial pressures, let's, you know, let's be kind and generous. How do you convince them of the value of adding cultural worth to their development? Great, I don't have to. They come to me and they pay me to help them because they know the best ones at least. They know. Some don't. No, some don't and they they, they don't care and and I don't want to work for a lot of them as well because they're literally about the bottom line. They're economists, they're looking at the spreadsheets. We don't work with those people very much. Um, Those are the people I want you to tell me how do you convince them of the, you know, there are some great developers doing great things but the ones that are just really looking at how many people I can squash in this tin can and sell at a premium, how do you convince them to actually that they're taking up a really valuable position in the city and that they could do it differently. So if they are financially motivated, um, which most of them are, then they look at things like New Acton and then they see how well it has done mm. for the measures that they're looking for, such as financial. And it, it has weathered um, property storms that other precincts have not because it's a better built place and mm. it's got a better reputation. We don't really talk about that. And I'm happy to say that Dionysus and even Malonglo, because I was internal with Malonglo for some time, they don't have a spreadsheet that says, if we spend this much on culture, we're going to get this much out. Yeah. It's not a thing, right? They actually care. And so does the government. And that's so they're one of our biggest clients. They actually want to have a place for people, not just a place for making money. It's not just a financial mm. economy. Yeah. It's a cultural economy as well. Yeah. We need people to be able to interface with each other. So I think, but I think the biggest answer is, are you happy with what you've done? when you retire? Or is it just that you looked at your bank balance, but you're kind of lonely and you've actually created loneliness for the people living in your buildings now? Um, I think what uh, 
Geocon did by repl replicating the same architects and landscape architects of New Acton is exact proof that when something is done well, we can just mm. show it and yeah. then they will go take that journey and actually make yes. a better place. And also there's so much Canberra pride in New Acton because it's an area that most of the rest of the country will identify with Canberra because it is so great that it's become famous. So, you know, you can't buy that sort of marketing or PR, can you? No, you can't. So there are heaps of financial benefits there. But yeah. I'm just so happy that people have connected better in New Acton than they would have in a standard um, cube. Yeah, well, I'm happy, so that's okay. good. <laughs> now, let's talk about COVID. Um, that surely put a huge spanner in the works for music, cultural events here mm. all around the world. Um, first of all, how are your friends and how are you feeling, um, you know, in, in, the, in the wake of this cultural separation and, and sort of shutdown? There's definitely been a, a, um, a shock. It was like being... Um, literally electrocuted for, for a lot of the performers. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that, whose income, a good friend of mine, Joel, who's from Hands Like Houses, he toured America and Europe, like literally both countries uh, once a year, if not more. And so that revenue, which is that was their only revenue, is gone. Okay, so a lot of them now are trying to work out, do they stay in the industry? And so unfortunately, I, I think we're going to see a mass exodus from the music um, and performing arts industries over the next six months if we haven't seen it already. Yeah. And um, it is really on the federal government to support those people in order to have a, a vibrant performance economy when restrictions ease. Right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be – festivals are a really good example. There are people that were able to do things for festivals that had got so good at it, you can't just ask them back. They don't, they don't yeah. exist. So the quality of festivals will be significantly diminished, even if we could return straight back to the, um, to the capacities that we ha used to have. Um, so I think that unfortunately we're going to have a, a, a less mature industry after COVID. Yeah. Um, we're also going to have uh, a lot less infrastructure. So the venues that do hold on, I mean, in Can Canberra, we know of two at least that have, um, have gutted their places during COVID. And we didn't have many music venues to start off with. So mm. This is a serious problem for us. Um, again, the venues weren't resilient. They weren't able to get ahead when they could have. Um, happy to say that Canberra did get ahead. You know, we're seeing... I know, um, we're so we're, lucky. We're, we're so lucky. Fortunate. But if you look yeah. at a microcosm of that, the music industry yeah. was not so resilient. Um, and we don't have the infrastructure and the people behind it in order to lift it back the way that, say, the Chief Minister's bound to lift back Canberra. Um, I'm worried that we're going to see um, a lot of good people not express the needs that people have to express at the moment. So, for example, we were saying before, we're very interior now. We're stuck at home, or we have been stuck at home, and we've probably been looking at the news too much, and we get really depressed. Usually, we, we dance, or usually we go and connect, or we have some sort of um, artistic exper yeah. experience. Uh, even if it's just going to the NGA, how lucky are we that we can go there? And you see something beautiful that allows you to feel in a different way. Whereas if you're home in the same environment all the time, it becomes quite repetitive and I think people get depressed really easily. This is when culture is a really good mental health mechanism um, to help us out of this problem. Um, unfortunately, the news doesn't help at all. I mean, I think we're all getting a bit depressed by seeing what's happening, say, in China or, or so many other components of, of the world. We need an escape. We used to, we put on um, 
we put on two different types of parties. One's called Escape Ferocity, which are sort of more underground warehouse style parties. But I, and then Sound of Fury, which is a performance art thing. And both of them are where people can lose themselves in a, in a controlled and safe environment, in a friendly place. And I think that that is a, a balancer. It's a, it's a release point. I um, was wondering to myself, um, thinking about this interview, what what is a rock concert going to look like in the future? I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, seeing the Dead Kennedys and emerging um, from the, I think it was the Enmore Theatre, literally drenched in other people's sweat and beer. Um, you know, that, that physicality and that, you know, that bond that you have with other people, it's, it's never... Will it ever be the same, do you think? The social disconnection that's happened. It's social, I mean, the, the word they now use is social distancing, but uh, the antithesis to social distancing is social connection. And, I, and I'm worried. I didn't even that... mind. I didn't even mind having beer in my hair because it was just great fun. But... Your hair always looks good, doesn't oh, it? Oh, I didn't, didn't after that, <laughs> let me assure you. <laughs> Uh, I really worry that it, in a commercial environment, it's not going to be possible for a very long time. Even if a vaccine comes in, there's probably going to be safeguards around whether or not enough people have it yet mm. that the rock concerts can just turn into a mosh pit yet again. We're going to see heaps more underground events. We're going to see heaps more underground parties. Um, and I think if they're done in places like Canberra, it's relatively safe. And we've noticed the police are probably okay with it because they recognise in a house environment, if it's small, just like the ACT government have allowed even small venues to have 25 people in them now, they know that that's a controlled environment. Yeah. But on a larger scale, if we do want you know, the, the bigger bands coming to town, um, will it be commercially acceptable for a thousand people to be doing that? I'm worried that the answer is no. But also, is it fun? I mean, you know, we've seen some pretty big concerts. I will travel anywhere um, for, for a good concert. And the biggest one um, was um, at Coachella, the um, desert trip. And it was just the most philosophical, um, profound experience to be with that many people who were calm and happy and, you know, the united joy of us all seeing seeing those bands. I'll just never forget it. And that's what I'm worried about, that we won't, our kids won't have that opportunity. You know, my kids, we take them to concerts all the time. And what do we take them to in the future? I'd like to think that in at least three or four years, it'll be okay again, um, assuming we do get some sort of vaccine. Um, you can't, take the party out of the people. You can take the people out of the party. And so our generation are going to be okay. I do worry that there's going to be a lack of people. I mean, how many how many 17-year-olds have just turned 18 and still haven't been to a venue? So I stage managed an event for the ANU a few years ago that was a big deal. It was a huge band that played, client liaison, um, big concert, rock and roll, and there was no applause at the end of it. No applause. And I think that part of what happened is that the 17-year-olds, it was mostly 17, actually hadn't been to a yeah. concert like that and they didn't know that the etiquette is to yeah. jump up and down and yell. Yeah. Uh, but th they didn't. So I'm worried what this is going to do to the next generation that it's are learning delayed. those yeah. cultural etiquettes, especially around music. Um, they'll, but they, then again, they'll create their own as well. You know, they're still going to have passion. They're still going to release in some way. Um, and maybe they'll just call the rock and roll concerts old. Yeah. I hate to tell you, oh, <laughs> I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> you and I can just listen to the foreigner records in your yeah, office so good. and <laughs> relive those days. Um, if you could have a golden ticket to one event anywhere in the world and there was no COVID, where would you be heading off to, and what would you be doing? 
probably should have given Eunice some notice that I was going to ask you that. I've got two. Um, Rainbow Serpent in, in Australia, that I think is one of the best parties in the world. Um, they are just so good at delivering every little detail. It's such a safe, inclusive place where people really can explore chill music, harder hip-hop, all the way through to um, psychedelic techno and reggae, all in one space, and they deliver it beautifully and everyone's so positive. And yeah. that's where, like, the, I've, I've noticed that's where the doctors and the... Um, and the, the more successful people will go after the little festivals where you're, you're learning how to party. Now, these are the good ones. There was this one guy, a neighbour. they let loose? Uh, yeah, they can do. I mean, it's, it's up to them. Like, there's a huge kids area and a learning workshop space as well, a whole village for that. Um, there was this one guy who I just was chatting to and he was the neighbour of our campsite. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm the GM of Tullamarine Airport. <laughs> what? You can be partying out here? Great. Yeah. So that was a winner. Um, and then Max Cooper is probably one of the world's leading visual audio artists. So he makes, the most recent one is he makes an album, a musical album, but every sound has a visualisation. And so he launched at the Barbican in London a seven-screen or AV experience where every sound would trigger some visualisation and he'd build and build over 90 minutes and he'd take you to Pluto. It was one of the yeah. most stunning and innovative um, audiovisual performances in the world. And that happened just before um, just before COVID hit and he was about to tour that around Europe and then we were looking at trying to bring it to Canberra mm. as well. We've put that artist on twice in Canberra and, um, and he's just sublime. What about you? I'm curious. If you could get a golden ticket, where would it be? God, all the people I want to see are now dead. Okay, that's all right. Golden yeah. Ticket allows dead people. Oh, David Bowie. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen him. I'll tell you a concert that just absolutely blew my mind and redefined what I expect from a concert was um, David Byrne. Oh, cool. Um, because yeah, it was art and it was, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'd be happy seeing you play the guitar on a street corner right now. I'm, I, um, yeah, I'm very, very sad. Oh, well, between twelve and one thirty every day in the city, we've got a we've got a, some sort of musician yeah. playing. We can go down after this. Yeah, we should, we should, we should. It's probably a lovely note to end it on. Let's go. Awesome, thanks. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this series was recorded on, the Ngunnawal people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge their continuing culture and the contribution they make to the life of this city and region. The Canberrans is a collaboration between Her Canberra, Newcast, Lonsdale Street Studio and Salon Canberra.